Welcome to Out of Rotation, volleyball talk for players, coaches, and fans. Presented by the American Volleyball Network. Here's your host, University of Louisville Associate Head Coach Dan Meskin. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. My guest today, University of Marquette head volleyball coach Ryan Tice. He's back. He's got more dad jokes. And part two is going to be a really fun podcast that a lot of people are going to be interested in. In part one, Ryan talked about how that first job, he had to take jobs that really nobody else wanted. They were very entry level. He had to grind and work his way up. He had a great run at Ohio, and then he's been at Marquette for a number of years. But as you start to have that success, as you start to get courted by other schools and you have to start dealing with the professional development that inherently comes in any job, but in particular with coaching, you have to deal with things that as coaches, we're not super skilled at. And that's money and contracts and agents and being an agent for yourself. I actually ask Ryan about that directly. Ryan is one of those coaches that is very blunt about his opinions on these different topics. And I think it's a lot of really good insight for coaches in any part of their journey, Um, maybe even players that are negotiating their own NIL deals, dealing with money, dealing with how you value yourself, what you think your market value is. Those are topics we don't always like to talk about, but it's something we have to deal with. And I can't think of a better person to talk about it with than Ryan. Ryan, like I said, he's very blunt. He's very humble, but he's got some great information. I think a lot of people are going to find a lot of value in. So I hope you enjoy our conversation. Here it is, part two, Ryan Tice. You and you've been a mentor for me just as far as like just professional development or whatever you want to call it. Anytime I've had, you know, as you start to have a family and you get in this profession for 15, 20 plus years or whatever it might be, you end up having to deal with contracts and agents or whatever else might just come into any professional world. And I've always reached out to you with questions in the past few years. Um, but I'm curious, just the lessons maybe you've learned and maybe even the the landscape of what you see for coaches from just a, a contractual standpoint the last five years. Because clearly, you know, in your home state there, Kelly Sheffield's been really vocal about like coaches' salaries and comparing us to basketball and things like that. I'm just curious, maybe from a just a 10,000 foot view of your view of the landscape of how volleyball has kind of changed and where we find ourselves today from a professional development, maybe contract standpoint. Yeah, I think um, what's valuable to learn, whether you're an assistant or head is where is there wiggle room and where isn't there? So uh, a, a job opens, let's call it Northern Illinois, you know, and they, they might say, right at the beginning of the process, as Marquette did with me the first time, we are going to pay a head coach this amount and this is going to be the pool. And and when you say pool, you're saying, would, okay, we're going to pay the head coach this and then you have this amount for your two assistants. That's the pool. Yep. And and yep. And some schools now will even go, okay, we're having five full-time employees and the pool is $500,000. So as a head coach, like you can try and be greedy and get it yourself, right? <laughs> or you can, you know, so is it definitive or is it something that they're doing? So like a a mistake I made was at Ohio um, as, as their fifth choice, seventh choice, whatever I was, you know, they offered me a significantly lower salary than the person before me. I found this out after the fact. And I said like, you know, Hey, I'm moving from Florida. I just had a baby. Can you make the salary this? And like, without hesitation, it was like, yeah, no problem. And I was like, Oh man, like I should have (laughs) gone for more. Right. (laughs) 
they had never given me definitive numbers, but I didn't know that. You know, I'm a first time head coach. The salary sounded pretty good. Yeah. Uh, what, I probably what would you have done? What, what would you have done differently there? Because I've I've given that advice to a lot of other assistants, especially new assistants, where my first job I was ever offered was at Nebraska. And I was I mean, it was my first job ever. I was there for, you know, five years as a volunteer and all that. But when I got offered the job, it was like, absolutely. Thank you. Hang up. And then I got a call back. Oh, also, we're going to pay you this. And it was like, I had been working there for free for five years. So just getting paid <laughs> was great. But then I look back on that now and I'm like, oh, I probably should have asked what I was making. And maybe I could have even looked at other assistants in the conference and said, I would just like to be kind of where they're at because mine was very entry level. And I think I was getting paid from an athletic department's viewpoint of someone with no traditional experience. I hadn't been a full time yet. And so I always give that advice to young assistants that it's like, you're going to be so excited to get that job, but like ask about that before you take the job. That's okay to do. And you can still be as excited as you are for you. When you talk about Ohio, how would you have played that differently? Because you said, you're just like, I just asked this. And I was like, I should have asked for more. Like, what was the correct play looking back on that 15 years? What, what, one of the, the great lessons I learned from Mary Wise is she said, when you, when you go for a job, if you're reluctant, if you're what you're not going to get it. So you go yeah. like you want that job. Uh, somewhere in those early conversations, I probably should have tried to say, "Is there a salary range?" Yeah, that you that you all are looking at without offending anybody or just because if they would have said range, you would have known. Uh, whereas Marquette said, "This is how much we are going to pay a head coach," and then I knew there it, it wasn't. It wasn't in the cards at Marquette to negotiate at that time for money for myself. I could I could try for assistant money at that point, um, and they could say yes or no, but they knew they had me at that price, right? So at Ohio, if I would have asked about a range or even reached out to a couple other MAC head coaches and said, hey, I'm interviewing at, at Ohio. Do you know what Jeff made? Do you know? I, I think I knew that, um, but I didn't know, you know what I would be qualified to get. You know, uh, How greedy do I try? to be on a first job? Do I just trust them? Um, so that was probably what I would have done different is asking. And so assistant coaches, beginners, same thing. Is there a salary range that you're looking to hire someone in? No, we're paying $30,000. Boom. When a head coach tells you that, then your next move is probably like camp. Yeah. Right. So uh, at Northwestern, Keeler offered me a percentage of camp. And I just said, man, I don't know if I can move from blooming into Chicago with that raise. Is there any more camp money? And Keeler took money out of his pocket and said, I'll give you 10% more then, and here's what you'll do for camp. And so I was able to negotiate a little bit out of a camp percentage, um, uh, you know, just trying different angles, salary ranges, camp percentages, profits. Yeah. Um, and some coaches have ways of doing things. I pay you 5,000 for camp. This is what you do. I pay you 10% of camp. And so some people, there are no wiggle rooms, but you're, you're looking for them, right? yeah. how to find them, how to look for them. For sure. So let's circle back to, you said wiggle room. So you want to find out what that wiggle room is or what do you mean by that? Well, what I've found in doing this like 22 years or something is when somebody's going to give you something, they'll, they'll a lot of times give you more. And so we're in a lot of times in our profession, if you know, um, a school's calling you to recruit you away, maybe your administrators come to you and say, Hey, we're going to give you a $20,000 raise and, and a contract extension. And a lot of us say, yes, thank you. Like, wow, that's great. I just got a raise. And, and I probably twice in my career have done that um, and said yes. Uh, at Ohio one time, we didn't have a great year. I presented notes to my AD 
that said, hey, listen, I'm not in position to ask for a raise. I'm looking for an extension. Here's a list of my accomplishments in the three years I've been here. I know we didn't have a banner year this year, but I'd like to stay here longer. I like it. And uh, he said, okay, I'll, you know, I'll tack two years on. But when they're going to give you more money, they'll probably even give you more money. So um, so my first time at Marquette, it was, wow, thank you. I'm so, so glad uh, that you did that for me. Thanks. And I didn't hit up uh, the next year. I brought up assistant wages. Well, the giving me money was over. That was last year. Yeah. Um, and so this time around, I, you know, uh, they want, and I signed an extension and and might finish my career here. You know, hopefully, if things continue to go well. But uh, uh, you know, I wanted it in for the long haul, and I knew that once I got this, I wasn't going to be in position to ask again for years. Yeah. You know, I, I'm not going to go back every year. I was an agent for myself. And I said, listen, thank you so much for what you want to do with my contact extension. Um, but I'm going over numbers in my head and I think this is more appropriate and went back and uh, they said, okay. Yeah. You know, and, and had I just said, yes, thank you. Um, I, I probably would not be in this position I am in right now. Uh, and so same with Ohio, they, they were going to, give me money to take the head job. They had never told me a number. I probably could have gone 10 or $15,000 higher. And I went five and they were like, yep. (laughs) Right. So when they're going to give you money, if there's no, I I think they'll give you more. And if you can package it with getting your assistant coaches raises and things like that, starting off the conversation with that of like, let's, okay, before we start talking about me, let's, what are our goals for the program? How, how do we get to where you think we should be, where I think we should be, and let's let's work on that together. Let's think about things like Alston money, cost of attendance. How, yeah. how do these things come together so that we can be competitive? And and, and that goes down the same scale with lower levels of uh, one bid leagues and and smaller schools. It's mm-hmm. okay. Here are your expectations. Here are mine. I I know you're not going to throw me on a charter plane every trip I go on, <laughs> but here's what I think. If we have this, if we have this, I think we can compete a little bit better. If we can't. Can you help me fundraise for it? How do we yeah. do it? They, administrators do not like to hear, here are my problems. Here's why I can't do X, <laughs> Y, and Z. But they want to help you get there together. Yeah. And so uh, I continue to learn this stuff and learn the wiggle rooms and the gray areas. And and uh, you know some of it I think I'm uh, relatively good at. And you know some things I obviously drop the ball on. Well, and you talked about being an agent for yourself, and that kind of brings me to my last question on contracts and and all of that. I think that's slowly getting into our game. You know, there's some head coaches that have agents. I'm curious, you know, I don't think that's going to get down to the assistant coaches for a while where we're going to have a ton of agents involved in volleyball, but I get the value of an agent and the fact of the agent preserves the relationship, preserves, quote unquote, the relationship with the administrators where we don't have to talk about this money thing or have this thing going between us. Um, assuming that we're not going to get agents for the majority of volleyball coaches, but we still have to, like you said, be an agent for yourself. Like, how do you do that well without, cause those are two very different hats. Like I always remind myself when I'm talking to an administrator, if it's about a contract or whatever, they do this with every sport. They do this all the time. That's kind of their job. I'm doing it once every three to five years. I have no experience with it. I know I'm not very good at it. So what's your advice for people that have to be an agent for themselves? Uh, well, I will start off with, I hope our profession gets to the point and encourage people to do the agent route. Why um, is that? I, I think I think it would be good for our sport. And I think agents have information that is hard for us to get. Um, our salary survey is often outdated and incomplete. I think it's really um, inaccurate too. Yeah. 
It, very inaccurate. Win AD to me is what ADs use to try and gauge market value. And they work on those things together sometimes as a conference. Hey, mm-hmm. here's what we should pay volleyball people in these ranges. There's just too many things that aren't working for the coach. An agent is working for the coach, right? So, you know, in being an agent for myself, my idea and I have, I think we have a great relationship. I like him very much. I think he likes me some days more than others. Um, but I'm able to have that honest conversation with him, whereas some people might not be. And if you're not, you need one. And mm-hmm. my comment, you know, back was, I don't think the numbers you're giving me are accurate. And it's not your fault. It's maybe what WinAD says. Yeah. And, and, and when and you talk I, about you know, WinAD, I, that's, you know, administrators have a pro, it's kind of a software program, like a online yep. where they can all just upload contracts and it helps them set market value. But if they don't, like what you're yes. referring to, if they don't update that and you're up for a new contract, they'll look at somebody's contract from 10 years ago or five years ago and it's not updated where you know that's not their compensation or that's not what the market is, but they just use WinAD as kind of like, you know, that's kind of what it is. Yep. Yeah. And, and so, you know, again, you have to have the good relationship. And I just said, mm-hmm. I can, I can make seven phone calls in the next 24 hours, if you want to tell you numbers that I've heard. Right. And, and versus what you're hearing and what I'm hearing. And I just, I think they're different. And I said, I will, I, I don't want to offend you. I just, I, again, I don't have an agent. So, and I think if you're prefacing, if you have a good relationship and you're prefacing things, I don't have an agent. So I need to, I need to learn. I need to negotiate on my own here. I think they might be more receptive. And then there's some ADs who will go, I don't care what the guy at Marquette makes. Yeah. You know, that's that that can happen too. And and then you're not going to win those conversations. It's just a matter of, you know, are again, they were willing to give me some. So are they willing to give me more? Mm-hmm. And and you know, you can say yes, thank you, which is what a lot of us do in this profession, or you, you've got to have the tough conversation. And if you don't have that relationship or uh you're not comfortable doing that absolutely get an agent i would love to see um i think assistance there is room for it is the salaries as our profession they 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 need to come up for it to become more relevant agents aren't interested in in making five percent of very very little yeah right so and you say it won't get to assistance for a while certainly there will be some some hang-ups that way but um to to know the facts you know for for an agent who has five volleyball coaches to go well the going rate right now is actually this and tell, tell an AD that or a search firm that like you call me and you tell me, you think you've got this great salary and this pool and for them to come back and go, that's the median, but not the mean yeah. of the conference. Like you're not, you're not even close. That stuff agents can do a little bit better and a little bit easier than we can. So yeah. future volleyball agents out there listening to this podcast, um, you can give me 1%. <laughs> well, maybe <laughs> in 10, 15 years, when you do retire, you'll be the first big time volleyball agent. I don't even know if I know. I, I, that's the thing is in our profession, if I saw one, I don't know anybody who represents anybody in volleyball. I mean, it's really, I think in his infancy with, with agents. I, I actually looked into it because we have a, a part-time law program at Marquette. <laughs> and what's interesting enough is uh, you, athletes have to have uh, agent certification to represent an athlete. Coaches do not. So, um, so, so, a, so a coach's agent right now, you're saying, wouldn't need an actual certification Correct. Okay, because I have a neighbor who's always like, "Do you want me to be your agent? I'll just call yep. the eight. I'll call yep. you know the AD at Louisville for you." I'm like, "No, I think I'm. Yep. I think I'm okay." Yeah, but you could. You could uh, yeah. is my understanding. That's now, wild. usually they want some kind of law and contract yeah. stuff. You know, for, if you want somebody, 
professionally doing, but that actually is one of my retirement hopes and goals. I, I think the conflict of interest, I don't think we're going to have me be your agent right now as both division one coaches, um, <laughs> me calling an AD and telling them what they should do probably yeah. won't go real well. It's a good uh, call. But I do think, yeah, I do think in my retirement, that'd be a fun one. Well, and, and speaking of retirement, my last question here, you're in your retirement okay. here. You've got all the players you've coached at Marquette here. I lined them all up. They got together. They told stories. They came up with something. What do you want them to have said or what story trumped all of them that they were like, we have to tell this story? Well, every year at our banquet, I get up and I roast everybody. So, <laughs> so you're getting roasted. Like every staff member, every senior, you know, uh, and, and it's, you know, our trainer and our staff. And, and so then the seniors get to go up and uh, they'll sometimes make fun of me. And the common threads are, you know, like dad jokes and repetitive pregame speeches, right? They know the first, like if you're a third year starter, you know, the first match speech, <laughs> right? And, and so they'll, they'll make fun of me about that. Um, being predictable, the dad jokes is is the common humor, and then they'll always remember like just one of the very few times like I get on them about something or they do something stupid and it's called out. There's a there's a golf game we play from the service line, and the one that comes up with a a, a group of uh, a group of really successful players that graduated here is a class of Speckman, Barber, and Mosier is Speckman was serving the golf game and, and you want like a low score. Mm -hmm. And she was approaching like the perfect game in the opposite direction, which was like seven out of 10 misses. <laughs> and I started to walk out of the gym as they were finishing up and she missed another one. And I think I yelled from the corner, like finish it up spec. And then I walked out <laughs> and she's forever scarred by this and brings up all the time. So whenever we play golf in preseason now, it's always a preseason game. We're trying to evaluate our best six servers or if they have a serve sub middles versus each, who do we want to serve? And uh, every time we're going to play it, I text that group like guys, we're playing golf today. And, you know, they'll eventually pull out some funny stories and come in it. Um, so yeah, they seem, there seems to be their, their funniest stories seem to be something silly that happened on a trip or with me at practice that they'll remember forever. The consistent theme tends to be uh, the dad jokes and, and the pregame speeches that are not motivational. That are not motivational. <laughs> They're right. really not that good. I love it. Well, hey, some really good stuff. I appreciate you taking the time. Um, and thanks again for coming on the pod. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. It was fun. I appreciate you. Thanks for listening to Out of Rotation with your host, Dan Meske, presented by the American Volleyball Network. Until next time, come on, don't give them any free points. Always stay in rotation.